the Supreme Court aborts Roe v. Wade, I'll tell you how it relates to the Great Reset, and the most glaring example yet of a story that on the surface appears to be serving one agenda, but when you look closely, you see that it's actually serving a much bigger, more insidious agenda. You're listening to the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. I'm back after a week-long absence last week. I did not intend to be out last week, but some unforeseen circumstances kind of derailed the week, and... I'm actually recording this as an insert on Sunday evening because most of what was recorded for this show was recorded last week. But like I said, due to some unforeseen circumstances, I'm just now getting a chance to export and upload the show. So any references that I make to yesterday or this week, I'm obviously referring to last week. All right, this is where the insert ends. Also, for Patreon, I'm considering adding a tier, but I wanted to get y'all's feedback first to see if there's any interest in it. As some of you know who've been listening for a while, I have a background in improvisational and stand-up comedy, and I taught stand-up for four years, so I'm considering adding a tier on Patreon that is not necessarily stand-up specific, but is maybe something like a -a once-a-month creative writing workshop and idea generation where it uses techniques of stand-up comedy and improv comedy to come up with, develop, and explore creative ideas. I haven't nailed down exactly what it would be yet. I just wanted to gauge interest first because... The propaganda is coming at us fast right now, and it can be overwhelming. It can be exhausting, and I don't know about y'all, but I'm craving a creative outlet, just a reason to exercise those muscles again and have some fun letting your imagination run wild. So I would love to do that once a month to, to begin with if there is interest, so let me know your thoughts on that. All right, top story of the day is everybody's favorite subject of conversation, especially in social settings, abortion. That's what everyone was talking about today, all day long. Never before have I heard the word said so many times in a 12-hour period. Never before have I read so many recycled abortion jokes on social media. It was everywhere, and it's because, as I'm sure that you know by now, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, ruling that there is no constitutional right to abortion, throwing the power back to the states to decide what they want to do with it. Now, it's expected, according to the media anyway, that around half of the states will ban abortion, which I thought was a... Nice little split down the middle there. I don't know if it's going to play out that way, but it's certainly interesting that half is what the media is going with because that is literally a perfect divide-and-conquer framing of this story, which whether or not you agree or disagree with the decision, that's exactly what's going on here. Divide and conquer. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about limiting the power of the federal government. The less power they have, the better. But the thing is here that this isn't really about the federal government. This is about something much bigger. It's about the ruling elites. It's about the globalists, the Great Reset. I want to read to you real quick a definition of divide and conquer as used in politics according to Wikipedia. It says, In politics, the concept refers to a strategy that breaks up existing power structures and especially prevents smaller groups from linking up causing rivalries and fomenting discord among the people to prevent a rebellion against the elites. The goal is either to pit the lower classes against themselves to prevent a revolution or to provide a desired solution to the growing discord that strengthens the power of the elites. That's exactly what's going on here. What what happened immediately after the ruling was made public? Hundreds of screaming protesters showed up outside of the Supreme Court building led by agitator and champion of progressive cause AOC. On top of that, there are already planned protests all over the country, and businesses in big cities are boarding up their windows, and the police are preparing for political violence. It's like it's the summer of 2020 all over again. The lower classes, which the elites see us as, have successfully been pitted against each other. Discord has been fomented. The divide and strategy rule is working yet again. 
Now, this ruling, while it does take away some power from the federal government, what it also does is it strengthens the power of the elites, just like the divide and rule strategy is designed to do. This is the Great Reset in action right here. Their attempted transformation of society is playing out right before our eyes. Now, don't get me wrong. They have a long way to go, and they can absolutely be stopped. But to stop it, we got to kind of key in on how they're trying to do this thing. So here's how it's basically been working that I've noticed. The federal government or state government or a corporation will make a decision, take an action that goes against the progressive agenda. And in response, Great Reset ESG-aligned global corporations immediately announce that they will be implementing progressive policies for their employees and their, quote, stakeholders that undermine whatever the anti-progressive action was by the federal government, the state government, or whatever the business it was. And that's what happened almost immediately today after the Roe v. Wade news broke. I mean, immediately, it seemed like, within minutes, basically, none other than Disney had already announced that they will be covering the cost for employees, all of their expenses, if they have to travel somewhere for abortion services after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. An internal memo was sent to Disney employees that said this, Our company remains committed to removing barriers and providing comprehensive access to quality and affordable care for all of our employees, cast members, and their families, including family planning and reproductive care, no matter where they live. In fact, they added, we have processes in place so that an employee who may be unable to access care in one location has affordable coverage for receiving similar levels of care in another location. This travel benefit covers medical situations related to cancer treatments, transplants, rare disease treatment, and family planning, including pregnancy-related decisions. That was Disney's message to their employees today, and I'm not really concerned with the details of the actions that they are taking or the actions that any of the other ESG-compliant corporations are taking in response to this controversy. What I am concerned with is that these ESG corporations have stepped into these political controversies more and more to flex their muscles. Not to carry out their own agenda, but to carry out an agenda that they've basically been forced into because they've been captured. Captured by the likes of Klaus and BlackRock and the cult of the ESG, and are attempting to wield their vast power and influence around the globe to usher in this great reset and impose progressive values on the planet. That's how ESG is used, to control some of the most powerful and influential corporations in the world through a system of punishments and rewards. I should probably step back and give you a bit more detail about how ESG works and what it is exactly, at least my understanding of it. And if I've mentioned some of this earlier already, I apologize. I'm just trying to be as clear as possible based on what I understand about it. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Criteria. It's a corporate governing standard that is linked to over $300 billion worth of ESG funding. It's going to be higher now because that was as of the end of January 2021. And it comes with a set of criteria that if corporations commit to operating by, they will get some of that billions of dollars worth of money from ESG investors. Those ESG investors, they are big global investors, some of the most powerful in the world, like State Street, Vanguard, or everybody's favorite, BlackRock, who is in fact the biggest ESG investor on the planet, and also happens to be a partner to the World Economic Forum. And of course, how could I forget BlackRock is also one of Disney's biggest investors, and Disney is a ESG-compliant corporation, which is why they speak out on these issues all the time, because they're getting paid to. And that's the power that ESG has. It acts as a behavioral control mechanism that forces these compliant companies 
to adopt the progressive values of the Great Reset as their guiding principles. And to also, above all else, above the revenue, above the needs of their customers, above everything, to serve that progressive agenda and the gospel of wokeness in all that they do. And if at any point in time they stop doing that, they stop complying, they get cut off. They don't get any more of that money. They get dropped by the investors. And on top of that, they'll also likely be subjected to a pressure and smear campaign designed to ruin their reputation and drive them into bankruptcy. And I'm not exaggerating about that. They want to make it impossible for anyone who does not fall in line with this great reset progressive agenda to survive. That's how this works. And they're not shy about it either. Klaus openly admits the use of these pressure tactics in his book, which I'll give you a quote from here in a minute. First, I want you to hear a clip from Davos about a month ago. The dude speaking, I don't have his name in front of me, but he's talking about how effective ESG was in controlling the behavior of corporations after the Ukraine-Russia war started and getting people or, or businesses to publicly say how they're no longer going to do business with Russia. Part of this effort has been uh, to deny Russia the benefits of, of the global economy. That's essentially, I think, Madam Secretary, kind of the, the, the idea, which is to basically deny this actor, right, who has behaved in the most atrocious ways, the benefits of being a member of kind of the globalized and financial system in the world. And we organize that, right? And that shows you the power of the global financial system uh, if it's organized, but it's not unilateral. This is more, one of the most, say one thing is, it's, you can never, these sanctions uh, can't be implemented effectively unilaterally, right? It has to be kind of the, the, the entire West that's had to kind of get behind this. And for companies, uh, I think you're exactly right. We say one of the surprises, at least for me, and I think for lots of people, is that six or 700 companies who were not mandated to get out, got out of Russia or suspended operations. I think that's because of the kind of the ESG right now. The S has become a really important piece of this in terms of reputation. So yeah, he was surprised that it was effective as it was, but he clearly is attributing these companies that pulled out of Russia to ESG. And that's pretty obvious too. There's studies now that are talking about the effectiveness of ESG and how it drove companies to stop doing business with Russia because they were worried about the smears and the attacks and what it would do to their reputation if they did not because Russia, at least in appearance, is not on board with the progressive agenda. And therefore, corporations who are ESG compliant must not do business with them because Russia is dangerous to the planet. So either stop operations in Russia or lose all that ESG money and then also subject yourself to being attacked by the media. I mean, a Yale professor created a list of companies who continued to do business in Russia for the purpose of spreading it around the mainstream media who all promoted it, who the World Economic Forum also promoted it, and it was used by everyone in the media and the WEF to smear these companies based on this list this professor made because they continued to do business with Russia. That made them bad, and he gave them grades for it to show just how bad each of them were. This is the type of smear that happens when you don't fall in line. Now, these scores, and I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but corporations are given ESG scores. It's like a social credit score for a corporation. And they reflect how well they're serving their progressive overlords. The higher the score, the more money you get, the lower, the more pressure and attacks you get. Now, here's a quote from Klaus from his most recent book called The Great Narrative, and he's talking about how ESG scores are used to control these companies. Very open about the stuff that we've been talking about here. He says, Nowadays, business leaders know that there is no alternative way forward. That is the reason why, in the coming years, measuring ESG performance will be the gold standard of business adherence to stakeholder value. 
Many businesses do not have an interest in making the world a better place, and some will be tempted to engage in green or wokewashing, but they'll be forced to commit to ESG, and ultimately, all of the commitments will be put to the test by government action and social pressure, or societal pressure. Government action. So, what exactly is the Supreme Court ruling on abortion? That's government action right there. And Disney seems to be passing the test, or at least they're trying to pass the test anyway. And that's what's going on. They talk about this in all these panel discussions, that they need to test ESG. They need to throw the companies out into the wild and see if they can lead, see if they can subvert the government and impose those values where perhaps they wouldn't otherwise be able to persist. This is why we see corporations stepping up and making these public statements all the time about politics, and they're clearly taking a progressive agenda. It's because of this. It's because they're getting paid to, and if they don't, they're going to get pressure. They're too scared. This is why controversial news stories like the one today, whether they intend to or not, actually help the Great Reset plan, because the governments of the world do not have the power or the influence or the reach of global corporations. The idea of the reset is to transform society from one that's a bunch of fragmented governments where people are allowed way too much freedom to pursue their own individual success into a society that's global, one where everyone is forced to live by the progressive values of the collective and serve the needs of the collective. And in order to achieve this, the powers that be, they need controversies like the Roe v. Wade ruling that focus everybody's attention on what they will label as a failure of the current system. A failure that leads to the oppression of minority groups of women. And then they can claim that somebody's going to be next, like they're doing right now, where they're talking about how gay marriage is next. They want to strike fear in the eyes and hearts of people who are considered oppressed minorities or have been historically. This allows them to then bring in the global corporations and have them lead the way and give everybody a glimpse of a, a better future, a better world, of one that's not led by an oppressive government but is instead led by benevolent elites, global elites, and the ESG corporations who they control. This is why in the middle of controversies like this, they have these corporations come out and in a sense kind of save people from their oppressor by providing solutions that undermine and weaken the government's power while growing the power of the global elites who are controlling them. This is subversion is what it is. And the types of solutions that these corporations offer will become more and more subversive if they are not stopped. And they can be stopped, which I will talk about in a bit. But Disney isn't the only woke company who spoke out almost immediately following the news of the Supreme Court ruling today and promised to save their people from evil right-wingers. Amazon did, Meta did, Microsoft did, Google did. All companies who are also receiving ESG money all did the same thing that Disney did. The fact is that more and more companies are, in fact, getting on board with this ESG agenda. You can see evidence of this every day in the news just about. There will be some story that seems like it's serving one agenda, but in reality, beneath the surface, there is the Great Reset agenda there covertly exercising its influence. And I'm going to tell you about the most glaring example of that that I've seen in the news that happened earlier this week here in the final story of the day, which is about Walmart, who was involved in a controversial news story earlier this week. Their attempt to commercialize Juneteenth, and it was met with backlash on social media and widespread criticism in the news. Condemnation, actually. It was called the worst offender of this appropriation of black culture on Juneteenth and exploiting them. I think the whole thing was a coordinated stunt, and I think it was part of this ongoing public education campaign to indoctrinate people with the woke ESG values and I think that Walmart was part of it. I think this was a great reset operation, and Walmart was well aware of what their role was in it, that they were willingly playing the victim. And I'll tell you why I think that 
Here in a second, I want to tell you what happened in the story first to give you a little background. Walmart rolled out ads for a Juneteenth holiday-themed celebration edition ice cream to, as the ad says, celebrate African-American culture, emancipation, and enduring hope. And the ice cream container was Juneteenth colors and had black fists and peace signs up in the air, like at a protest or something like that. And shortly thereafter, the backlash on social media began, the condemnation and the criticisms by the media began, and not long after that, Walmart stopped selling the product and issued an apology. Their spokesperson said in the apology, Juneteenth holiday marks a celebration of freedom and independence. However, we received feedback that a few items caused concern for some of our customers, and we sincerely apologize. We are reviewing our assortment and will remove items as appropriate. So that's it. That's the extent of what Walmart did. There was really not much more to the story except that there was more to the story because reporting on it continued for a a while because this actually happened back in May and it was reported on back then and then again at the beginning of June and then again leading up to Juneteenth and then again on Juneteenth. And they weren't the only company who advertised Juneteenth products. They were just the ones that the media focused on as being like the worst offender of trying to profit off of the pain of black people for their own self-interest. Now, there were other examples of smaller companies that I thought were much worse. They watermelon-type products. However, the, the Walmart ice cream was the one the media focused on. And obviously, Walmart's the perfect villain to, to, to illustrate this point of how not to celebrate Juneteenth with. And there were two angles to every single news article and every report I saw on TV in the news about this story. The first part, the first angle was always about how wrong Walmart was and why. And the second part was what the correct way to celebrate the Juneteenth holiday is. So you are not allowed to celebrate this way. This is how you are supposed to celebrate. This is the wrong behavior. This is the right behavior. Kind of the same way that the abortion story was framed. The Supreme Court overruling it. All the people supporting it. Wrong behavior, if you watch the media. Corporation comes in, helps the people who feel like they've been oppressed, right, correct behavior, the way you're supposed to behave. The first part of the reporting on this usually talked about how Walmart engaged in self-interested, profit-seeking behavior at the expense of black people. Really, the way the problem was described with Walmart's behavior, as the media described it anyway, was almost identical to the way that Klaus Schwab describes what's wrong with our current system, which is the reason why it must be changed. And in the second part of all these stories where we are told what the correct proper way to behave on Juneteenth is, the way that they tell people to act is the exact same way that corporations must act if they are ESG compliant and if they hope to get that ESG money. It's basically identical. I mean, if you compare side by side what the ESG compliant corporations do to raise their ESG scores so they can get that ESG money to the way we're supposed to operate, on Juneteenth, according to the media, every single article, it's the same thing. The only difference is they're getting paid to do it. They're getting millions from BlackRock while you're just spreading progressive propaganda, carrying out that agenda for free because you're shamed into it. So here are some of the ways they tell us that is appropriate behavior for Juneteenth. Support black-owned businesses. Donate money to black causes. Hire and promote black employees because it's pivotal that a company's protocols are promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's how you're supposed to celebrate Juneteenth. That seems more like a, a long-term program in your business, which is exactly what they, they're talking about. 
invest in a company-wide education around all issues and inequity, or as a year-round effort to amplify black voices. Anti-racism training. That's, that's how you celebrate Juneteenth, is you, you go to an anti-racist training. So it's pretty clear here that the correct behavior on Juneteenth is to go woke. That's it. Go woke and be a progressive. And not just for a day, for like the rest of your life, basically, because they're not talking about just a day here. They're talking about a year. They're also talking about reparations, stuff like that. These are all programs that are literally in like every single ESG report, sustainability report that you read. Almost the exact same language. They fall under the S&G, the social and governance criteria. In fact, I'll show you here in a minute when we talk about why I think Walmart was in on this. But the way that story was reported just on the surface, it's like, oh, here's Walmart, big corporation, lots of money, white dudes own it, die, making a stupid products they make a bunch of money look how stupid they are and dumb i don't think that's the reality all i I think that they they were actually doing that on purpose because i think that they were calling attention to the issue because they need to compare and contrast that's the only way you can see what the better way of life is or at least what you're told the better way of life is is when it's compared to the oppressive way of life Okay, so here are the reasons why I think Walmart was in on this. They probably worked with maybe BlackRock, maybe one of their other ESG investors, maybe Klaus himself. I don't know. But I think that they partnered with one of these big investors, somebody who has a stake in this, and they said, you know what? You, Walmart, are going to be the perfect villain here, and we're going to use you as the bad example of what not to do, of the wrong behavior. You're going to represent kind of what the current society is. Someone who's only looking to serve their own interests and maximize their profit at the expense of everyone else, especially historically oppressed minorities. And you're the type of person in this scenario, Walmart, who, whose behavior leads to all the ills in the world, to mass inequality, climate change, gender inequality, racism. Everything is because of your self-interested shareholder-like capitalism ways. And Walmart was like, yeah, okay, we'll do it. Because Walmart can do that because when you are an ESG-compliant corporation, your top priority is not to your customers. Serving the needs of your customers is not how you get your money. The way you get your money is that you serve the progressive agenda that is represented by the ESG criteria. Get woke, go broke. I know we love to say that all the time when we see these companies that are obviously spread progressive propaganda, and we think, wow, that's going to really drive away a lot of their customers. They're going to be pissed off about that. And it does, and they do lose revenue. But despite that, get what go broke isn't always necessarily true, even if it looks that way on the surface. Take Dick's Sporting Goods, for example. Dick's Sporting Goods, I think it was shortly after the Parkland shooting, maybe, they made an announcement that they were going to be scaling back their sale of guns around the country, and they did. And I think they took away, I, I don't know exactly which guns they moved. I think they still sell some, but they reduced the type of guns and the number of guns drastically. And I think their CEO became like a anti-gun champion or something like that. Definitely someone who was spreading the progressive agenda because it really did. They lost a lot of customers. And I think it was, I believe, $112 million worth of profit or something that took a hit over a course of 12 months while at the same time, they or their share prices increase substantially. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but this is a case study that's gone around because 
people see how effective the ESG is when they look at this. And that is what you can get companies to do. You can get them to basically completely abandon everything that they had done before and the people who, their customers who had helped them grow and were the reason for their existence, drive them all away, lose your revenue. But as long as you're meeting those ESG needs and you have a level of influence attached to your name, then you can get that ESG money without really doing anything, I guess. It's perplexing. It seems like people are acting against their own interest, but in reality, they're not acting for people on planet like Klaus likes to make people believe. They're actually doing it because they're still acting based on their self-interest because their self-interest is to get that money. And so they're basically being bribed. I got off track there for a minute, but back to why I think that Walmart is in on this. Any amount of profit loss they might have taken because of this story, which I doubt it was much, will be more than compensated for since they played their role. Secondly, Klaus and the Great Reset need examples like this in order to be able to showcase what the correct, and this is part of a public education campaign, and they talk about this in all these World Economic Forum think tanks and panel discussions, that they need to educate the public on ESG, on why it'll lead to a better society, and why this society just didn't do it. Well, it's much, much worse and oppressive. And the way they do public education campaigns is not sitting people down in a classroom or school. It's they do propaganda of the deed type stuff where people can, in real time, real issues, see or feel the way that these propagandists want to try and make them feel anyway. And you can't really emphasize the new reality you want to create unless you have something that you can compare and contrast it to. The next reason why I think that Walmart is in on this is because, well, they are an ESG-aligned company. Uh, Could an ESG-aligned company make such a mistake as a stupid Juneteenth product? Sure they could, but in reality, the product wasn't really any stupider than any of the other ones that you saw out there. It was a, a tub of ice cream. Why didn't they talk about the company that did the watermelon product or whatever? Because that company wasn't big enough. It doesn't have enough global reach and influence. People wouldn't pay attention. It needs to be a bigger company. Here's another reason. Back in 2021, Walmart collaborated with McKinsey and Company to fund and support the production of a new report called Race in the Workplace, the Black Experience. Isn't that kind of like what they were suggesting to do is to invest in making the workplace better for for black people? It seems like that kind of is what that is. Here's another one. In 2020, they launched a Center for Racial Equity which as of February of last year had awarded over $14 million worth in grants. Certainly seems like a black cause they're investing in right there, which is one of the ways you're told to celebrate Juneteenth, invest in black causes. Here's another one. In their mid-year 2021 Culture, Diversity, and Inclusion Report, Walmart disclosed their Race Ahead program, which they say raises authentic conversations on equity. That series also featured a session celebrating Juneteenth. Wow, so it looks like they have done exactly what all these articles told us we were supposed to do to celebrate Juneteenth. I mean, these are the exact same things they're telling us are the right way to do it when they just told us Walmart was a bad example. Walmart is doing all this. They've been doing all this stuff. Here's another one. They do internal racial equity trainings that examine systemic racism. That's right in line also. Their mission on one of their pages here is, it says, we aim to build a better world. It sounds like Klaus helping people live better and renew the planet while building thriving, resilient communities. For us, this means working to create opportunity 
build a more sustainable future, advance diversity, equity, and inclusion, and bring communities closer together. That could have come right off the World Economic Forum page. Basically identical message. In 2021, they won an award for being a top 10 company in black executives. Also in 2021, they ranked 22 in the top 50 of U.S. companies on the diversity list. You know, another reason is also that I don't think there was demand for Juneteenth products. I don't think that they were trying to capitalize and make a profit off of that because I don't think that that would have been a good investment for marketing and for, you know, creating the products and the boxes and whatnot. Most people outside of Texas and some other southern states had no idea what Juneteenth was, and black people included, let alone celebrated it until last year. So there's not really going to be a thriving demand for these products. I just don't believe it. I mean, maybe there is, but I'm not buying. I'm not convinced at all right now. I think that that's probably a money-losing venture to invest in advertising and producing Juneteenth products if you're a big box store. I don't think you're making any money out of that. So to me, that's, that's a stupid marketing move. I mean, why would you try and sell a product that nobody really is trying to buy? And the final one, and this one was really the kicker to me. Maybe I should have started with this one. Their CEO is also the chairman of the Business Roundtable. Now, the Business Roundtable, Klaus loves them. He writes about them. He talks about how they're standard setters in the business world. And most importantly, Klaus talks about how in 2019, and their guy was the CEO of the, or was the head of the Business Roundtable back then, they announced that they're moving away from shareholder primacy and instead moving towards a commitment to all stakeholders, which that's basically the definition that Klaus spouts all the time. We're getting away from shareholder capitalism and we're going to a society of stakeholder capitalism, which is, he calls it capitalism. It's not because it just destroys capitalism. There's no capitalism in stakeholder capitalism. It's subversion. It's control from the top. It's a ruse. So I'm just not buying that Walmart actually made such a blunder, which in reality, it wasn't really that much of a blunder. It was just exaggerated in the media to make it seem like it was. But I don't think they're making any mistake like that at all. I don't think there was any profit in it, and I think that they just did that because they needed to play that role so they can do the compare and contrast method of public education, propaganda, indoctrination. And I think that definitely is, it makes it clear right there. You got your CEO as the head of the business roundtable who has taken on Klaus's mission. And then you're telling me that Walmart is going to mess up like that. It's just not happening. This whole thing was a setup as a con to spread ESG, to spread the Great Reset, to continue spreading it. But it's just not going to work. It's impractical. It doesn't make any sense. The whole idea to make this Great Reset possible using these ESG standards is they have to change the behavior of the whole world, basically. They're using the corporations to try and do it because of their power and influence and their, their scope and their reach, as I mentioned earlier. But they're not going to be able to condition the entire public of the world to always act against their interest in favor of the interest of the globe, the collective, and the environment. Does it make any sense? Now, I know Klaus and them would like to force this down, but there's too much pushback. There's always a counter-narrative. There's always an effort that pushes back. There's already some anti-ESG legislation that's being promoted out there. There's a bunch of politicians that are actually running on anti-ESG platforms, at least part of their platform anyway. Now, I would look into some of those, but I, I would be wary of them and see what else it would cause because that's how these politicians work. They like to slip things in there. But just a basic impracticality of what they're trying to do, this will never work. I do see it spreading, but I also see 
that the companies that are adopting it are being accused of greenwashing or wokewashing, which means that they're just taking the money, they're lying about what they're actually doing, and they're not actually implementing any of these measures because they're oftentimes quite unmeasurable, unless it's just arbitrary. And that's what a lot of this is. This is just another con game. I don't believe any of this stuff is genuine. It's not. It's a way to concentrate power, and it's never going to work. I mean, BlackRock is like the most corrupt company on the planet, and there's too many people awake to this. That's definitely a way to stop it is we shine some light on it. They want to educate the public about it. I don't know that they do. They're trying to show people what the good and what the bad is, and they're not saying term ESG and stuff like that, probably because they don't want people to look into it that much. I think the more people know about it, the more they will see that BlackRock is controlling it, the World Economic Forum and Klaus and all of them are controlling it. And ultimately, it strives to literally turn us into the collective, one mind, the Borg. Another thing that can be done is state funds can be divested from financial institutions that use ESG standards. It says here to contact your state treasurer and request that they do that. Sounds like a good idea to me because there is a problem with a lot of people don't realize that their money is being invested because they have these financial institutions holding it and they're investing for them. So find out if your financial institution, if they have your money, if they're investing in ESG companies, pull it out of there. Here's some more advice on how to stop it from a website called Wall Builders. It says, more than two dozen states across the country are already working on the passage of anti-ESG legislation or policies. Please make sure your state is one of them. So you can encourage your legislators to, to promote bills or to write bills even. And then they say, we encourage you to call or email your state legislator or treasurer. Ask them to pass and support anti-ESG legislation. And it says the major components you should urge your state legislator and treasurer to include in the legislation on the issue. Number one, ensure state funds, including state pension funds, are not invested in companies that use ESG scores. Number two, halt state contracts with companies that use ESG scores, which hinders many state industries and workers. Number three, prohibit the use of ESG scores in lending determinations. All right, I'm going to go through some more of those, so I'm going to find some more of those to go through next week. And I think that that is going to wrap it up for today. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate your support, and I will talk to you all next time. Let me know again what you think about the the patron tier idea that I proposed at the beginning of the show. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are, what you're interested in, because I do want to do something like that. But I just there, I need to make sure that there's an interest for it if I'm going to spend the time to do it. All right. Thank you, guys. We will talk to you all next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.